Hello and welcome. Today we are going to be talking about unhealthy patterns, how to spot them. We're starting over. Delete all that other stuff. Here's goes the beginning. Hello and welcome. Today we are going to talk about unhealthy patterns, how to spot them within our lives, within ourselves, and how to work through them so that we can get through the healing process from divorce to bliss. So first of all, let's define unhealthy patterns. An unhealthy pattern is something that you do repeatedly, often within a relationship or even just something that you do within yourself, part of you, that does not support yourself and usually has either negative physical or emotional consequences. So oftentimes with people that I coach through divorce, I we, we discover patterns. And I am a perfect example of that because when I was on my healing journey, and I talk about this in my book, that I was listening to an expert talk about patterns and patterns being present within our lives. And those patterns caused us to maybe um, not be able to stay in a healthy relationship or caused us to sabotage ourselves so that we had certain physical ailments or, or it manifested in other ways like depression, anxiety, things like that. But in other words, we didn't love ourselves enough or value our self-worth enough to be able to shed those patterns and move on so that we could have a stronger self, which makes a stronger partner, right? So let's talk about some of the different ways that we tend to um, erect patterns of behavior that can be um, self-deprecating. The first one is when we don't value ourselves and we select the wrong people. Now, I've talked about this before that I don't personally believe that someone is wrong for you, so to speak. I don't like that term because I believe that people come into our lives, throughout our lives, continually um, for, for a reason. There's always a reason. So even if it was somebody who didn't provide what you needed or you didn't provide what they needed or you couldn't have a healthy, sustainable relationship with them, there's always the duality of the, the the relationship, right? So I never blame one person for a relationship, even in a case where someone cheated, because there was always something way back within the either the relationship or the two individuals that, and it can go back as far as childhood, that caused them to get into a pattern that didn't support the relationship and couldn't help the relationship sustain. So when I say wrong people, I mean people that aren't in your life for the reasons you thought they were, not that they were wrong in and of themselves. They were obviously sent to you, came to you to teach you something about yourself. And I'll talk a little bit more about that soon. But basically, a lot of women, especially that I see um, healing from divorce, and have already started dating before they are ready, before they've done their healing, they become attracted to unavailable partners. And by unavailable, there, there are several definitions to this word. Unavailable can mean they technically aren't available, like if they are married or they have, they're in another relationship. 
And unavailable can also mean someone who isn't emotionally available, whether they they don't want to be emotionally available or they don't know how to be emotionally available, or they're so guarded and fearful of maybe of getting hurt or of some other thing that could be deep seated within those kinds of things can make people unavailable. And so a lot of times people who are not confident within themselves, who do not value their self-worth will be attracted to unavailable people. Why? Because it makes it easier for us to get out, for us to not get hurt, for us to leave, um, for us to blame, for us to become a victim, right? So that's one of the um, patterns a lot of people get into. Another one is just being the one who's assertive, the one who is overly decisive within a relationship. So every relationship in order to be successful means that both partners have to weigh in the support, the vulnerability, the love, all of the elements that make up a strong partnership. And if you tend to be the um, decisive one, the assertive one, oftentimes that plays as maybe you telling someone what to do all the time or saying, hey, this is what I feel and this is how you need to treat me, right? Instead of having the conversation as to why you're feeling that way and what your partner and you think might be the resolution. So it's, it's either coming from this is how it needs to be, this is how it has to be versus working together as a unit to figure it out. And uh, I see a lot of this as well, because again, I think that this kind of puts people in a comfort zone if it's something they've been doing for a long time, where they can feel like I'm in control more because I take care of all these things because I'm assertive. I'm the one that dictates it. I'm the one that says what's going to happen. And therefore, um, it kind of is a little bit of a comfort zone in not getting hurt as well. Another pattern that is common oftentimes um, in relationships or within us that can cause problems within relationships is, like I mentioned, the fear of being hurt. And this can manifest in many different ways, um, mostly by not opening up and not being vulnerable. So you close your heart. And I personally can attest that I did this uh, not for my entire marriage, but definitely in the ending years, because um, I hadn't, I wasn't, I was experiencing feelings, but I wasn't diving into them yet. And I wasn't going there, I wasn't letting myself go there because I was afraid of what it might mean, that it might mean an end of a marriage, that it might mean that I wasn't being supported. I wasn't feeling supported, not necessarily by my partner, but by myself too, because obviously there are two people, like I said, two people create the demise of a marriage, not one person. I don't care what the circumstances are. If you are unhappy and you stay, then you're creating the problem too. If you aren't responding to something that you feel you'd like to change, maybe someone isn't um, speaking to you the way you want to be spoken to and treating you the way you want to be treated. If you just sit back and allow those things to happen, you're responsible as well. So whenever there is that blame, which we tend to do, especially when we're going through divorce, we need to look at those 
uh, deeper seated emotions and fears and and things that we are experiencing and figure out why we're doing these things. But we'll talk about that soon. So anyways, back to this fear of being hurt. So we tend to express that by not being open, by not being vulnerable, by not speaking our truth, by not standing in what we believe to be truth, by playing games um, or by simply just disappearing. You know, if you're in an argument with your spouse because something isn't going well, maybe you feel they're not treating you right. Instead of standing in your truth and speaking about it, you just take off. So that's another one. And the fourth one is fear of conflict. And conflict is a normal part of relationships. Fighting um, can, can, can be experienced in many different ways. It can be nasty and argumentative, or it could just be um, hurtful and there's crying and tears involved, or it could be just a, a, a disagreement where everybody's kind of standing in their space and saying, my my viewpoint is right and I'm not going to listen to your viewpoint because you're wrong. And so whatever it is, whatever this conflict is, and again, conflict develops in relationships. If you have a relationship in which there is no conflict, then there's an issue <laughs> because relationships are all about working out problems, solving things together, speaking our truth, expressing what we need and listening to our partner and what they need and what their truth is. And their truth and your truth might be totally, completely different things. And you may never agree with each other, but you can still love each other and respect each other and respect each other's choices. And those are the relationships that are the most successful. So if you are afraid of conflict and therefore you are keeping silent, that's an issue. I did this in the end of my marriage where I was so afraid of all the conflict that was going on within the relationship dynamic, but I just didn't want to fight anymore. And so I stopped. I just quiet. And um, for those of you who know me or have watched a lot of my podcasts, you know that I'm a really big believer in speaking your truth. So I didn't do that. And for that, I take full responsibility and um, don't do that anymore. Right. And then the last one is the last unhealthy pattern um, that I'm going to focus on today because there are so many, but the one that I'm focusing on last is comparing your partner to other partners and comparing your relationship to other relationships. Now we've all had past relationships. And when, obviously when we get to the point where maybe we're going through a divorce, we might look back at a relationship prior to that marriage and say, oh, that was so much better. I had such a great relationship with that person because hindsight is twenty twenty, right? But also we have to realize not only is hindsight twenty twenty, and we tend to maybe forget some of the issues we might've had in those other prior relationships, but also take a break here. But also everybody is different and we have grown since that last relationship. We have grown, we're wiser, we're more mature. And with every relationship and every growth point in our lives, we're going to have different issues within their relationship dynamic. So 
never compare your partner to a past partner. Um, not only is this going to upset your partner, but it's not fair to your partner or yourself because each of us is different. Each of us has our own quirks, our own likes, our own needs, our own feelings. And we have to figure out as a couple how to understand each other, how to listen, how to be together in a harmonious way so that we can be happy as a couple and happy as individuals as well. So those are some of the most common unhealthy relationship patterns, at least the ones that I see with my clients when we're going from uh, divorce to bliss in the healing journey. And now I want to talk about ways to kind of break these patterns because they are, they are breakable. And once you do this deep work within yourself to understand what your unhealthy patterns are, and we all have them, by the way, no one is immune. Everybody has some kind of pattern that is not healthy for them, um, especially those of us who have been through divorce and are trying to create a new life. So the first thing to do, like in any situation, is to identify the unhealthy patterns. Identify what is making it difficult for you to maybe not express yourself or maybe not be vulnerable or maybe not fear um, being treated poorly or fear the getting hurt if the relationship ends and therefore you hold back your feelings. So we need to identify these patterns. And a lot of times we need professional help to do that, either from a therapist or from a healing coach like myself, because we can we can explore where these came from. Now, many people going through divorce um, tend to close their heart, like I mentioned before, because there's so much hurt involved and so much negativity. And so we need to learn to reopen the heart. That was my personal healing journey, uh, one of my one of the parts of my personal healing journey, but it was a really big part for me. You might have something different. So we need to learn to identify these unhealthy patterns. Oftentimes we have to look back way further than the marriage to not only other relationships, but to our childhoods and therapists as therapists will tell you that childhood, a lot of what we carry with us that's negative or things that remember that are scars that we can carry into relationships come from things that happened when we were really young. So for example, if your parents left you alone a lot or um, maybe abandoned you and forgot to pick you up late at school one day, and there are things that can really, really affect you that you may have forgotten about and you carry that along with you into as you go through life and into your relationship. So identifying the patterns next is well, I already mentioned this, tracing them back. Where did they come from? What are these patterns? Are they from childhood? Are they from societal beliefs or familial beliefs or religious beliefs that were taught to us since we were children, since we were very young? This is how you do something. This is what you don't do. These are the, the this is how you live your life. It's kind of like when we talk about, you know, people going to college for uh, their parents and not themselves, right? So it's, you know, you grow up, you go to school, you do well, you work hard, you go to college, you start your career, you get married, you have 2.5 children and the white picket fence and the SUV and all these things. So a lot of us are programmed from when we're young to live life in a certain way. And so we need to trace back where that comes from so that we can figure out how this new life post-divorce is going to look 
And we do that by breaking these unhealthy patterns. The next way to break unhealthy patterns is to start doing action. Action, taking action to make positive changes and replace um, negative behaviors, negative thoughts, and negative patterns with positive ones. And we can start this journey to doing this, to rewiring the mind, um, which of course is part of the trifecta of rewiring body, mind, and spirit, right? That's how we heal. We can't heal unless we examine all three and rewire all three. But once we learn to um, break these patterns, we can expect to have a much healthier relationship when we are done healing and when we're ready, when it's time, not I'm never pushing it, never looking for it. It comes to you when you've done the healing work and when it's time. So in order to take steps to make positive changes, the first thing I always suggest is journaling. There's something cathartic and there's something healing about writing down what you want and knowing that, again, this is always fluid and can change, but writing down what you want, what you're feeling, what this pattern is that you're working on, how it wasn't healthy to you and how, what you're going to do to change it. And that'll really help you, especially as you go along doing all of your healing work, because you can look back at what you wrote and see the improvement. And that makes you feel great. And another thing is talking to those who really care about you, those who love you, family, friends, but there's a caveat here and you may want to watch my podcast on support networks because there are the right people and the wrong people to offer you support. Wrong may be the, not, the, not a good word, but those who truly support you and don't tell you what you should or shouldn't do, but let you make the choices and are there by, to stand by your side when you do and cheer you on. Those are the right people to have in your support networks. And again, there's a whole podcast on this. So if you're having issues maybe with some of the people who are with who are in your support network now, people who care about you and whom you care about, please watch that to learn about ways to make sure you have the right people in your support networks. But when you do, obviously, talking to these people, sharing your feelings uh, is a great way to kind of take the load off your shoulders as well. And again, we can reach out to a therapist or a healing coach uh, as well to help go deeper and maybe dive into things that, uh, say, a friend or a family member might not be able to or might not have the ability to take you there. And another thing we can do is, um, oh, and one more thing about the support networks. Those people who truly support you, they are there to hold you accountable. So, and there's, there's, you know, a two-way street and you can hold them accountable for whatever they need help with. And that's true love. That's true support. So the next thing would be meditation. And a lot of people are afraid of this. Again, there is a whole podcast on how to get into meditation. It's a basic podcast. Um, so I would encourage you to check it out as another way to heal and another way to identify the unhealthy, toxic patterns in your life. But meditating is really all about focusing on just the quiet in your mind and the breath and the gratitude. So being grateful for what you have and being grateful for just being here 
and feeling your breath going in and out and feeling alive. Um, these are all great ways to take make positive steps towards changing and getting rid of the unhealthy patterns in your life. Another one is uh, surrounding yourself with positive people. Kind of talked about that already, but not maybe even outside of that support network, those people who you can go to and really kind of go deep and spill your feelings and know that they're going to love and accept you and support you, whatever the choice is. The other people outside of that sphere, that support network, who you hang around, maybe people at work, um, maybe neighbors, maybe people uh, who you meet in a in a class if you take a yoga or do a sport. Uh, if there are negative people that you are talking to outside of that specific little bubble of your wonderful supportive support network, make sure that those are positive people. And if not, you may need to think about letting go. Again, there's a whole podcast on letting go. Check that out. And lastly is when we're trying to delve into unhealthy patterns and learn to quash them and develop new mindsets, new positive mindsets, we want to limit the amount of negativity and, and just shatter coming from electronic devices, from social media, especially from mainstream news media, things like that. You can find sources of, of news information and times of day where you can, like in the morning when you wake up, where you can read headlines, but don't get pulled into watching these stories of death and destruction and war and hurting and negativity, because those things will all affect your ability to to tweak your mindset, to change what's up here from negative to positive, to move forward and definitely getting rid of those unhealthy patterns. So those are all ways that we can identify and get rid of unhealthy patterns. If you need more help, please reach out to me at rachelsruby.com. I'd love to help you. And I hope you learned something important today in helping you along your healing journey from divorce. Thank you so much for tuning in. Take care.